It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. And here we go. What's up, Reds fans? Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. On today's show, I've got Doug Gray, and we're going to recap the draft, talk about what the Reds did, what they've added to the team, and much more. We'll jump right into that conversation right now. All righty. For today's Locked On Reds, I have back with me Doug Gray, the man in charge of RedsMinorLeagues.com and RedLegNation.com. And I'm pretty sure if he has fingers left, they're just nubs because he's been typing to death the last couple of days. Doug, how are you doing, sir? Are your fingers okay? Yes and no. Um, they, they've been getting a lot of work the past few days and with no real other baseball going on. Uh, it, it, it's been a change of pace for me, but I, I, I survived. Um, you know, this year with only five rounds and six picks for the Reds, it's a lot different than the past years when they had, you know, 40 or 41 or 42 picks over 40 rounds. So um, on, on one hand, well, you know, I've got I've got all five fingers on both hands, but it, it, it's been nice for me in the sense that the amount of work that's gone into draft day uh, and I guess draft day two is a lot less than I'm used to. On the other hand, I think that it sucks that the draft is limited to five rounds and that so many players aren't getting the opportunity uh this year that guys have gotten in the past so i guess win some or lose absolutely and i i think of this draft and i look at the fact it's like oh the reds picked six players last year they had way more picks than that so let's let's start from like a really high overview level question is the Reds' farm system better today than it was on Tuesday? Of course it is. Uh, anytime that you're adding talent, it's going to get better. Uh, now, if you wanted to start asking, you know, does their draft improve their draft or not their draft ranking, but like their farm system ranking, you know, that it's way too early to tell on that because I haven't really done the amount of research required to compare their system now to other teams. But, uh, you know, I, for the most part, I, I like the overall draft class. I like what they did. I think they took some risks that, you know, I, I know for a fact, reading, you know, social media and the comment sections that some people aren't exactly thrilled with. But, you know, it, the, the draft is, I mean, it's it's tough, but I, I think that, you know, for the most part, I'm a fan of what they did. And I, I think that it did make the, the farm system a little bit better. You read the comments? Unfortunately, I read the comments. Don't ever do it, people. <laughs> it's the worst. 
sometimes you can get some real characters in there. Um, but but with the guys that I saw, the different things that I've read, because I myself, I'm, I'm not a scout or talent evaluator or anything like that, so I rely on what other people are saying. And kind of like you said, it seems like, you know, when you look at Austin Hendrick, he's got a lot of power, but he's got a lot of room to develop. When you look at Christian Roa, they're not really sure if he's a starter or a reliever in the future. When you look at Jackson Miller, he didn't really catch that much. So, And they picked a guy named Wainwright, but he's not a pitcher. So who has the highest upside? Who's a guy, I mean, obviously, first-round pick, you're probably going to keep your eye on quite a bit. But is there a guy outside of Austin Hendrick that for the coming years you're going to be watching closer than maybe some of the other guys they picked? I mean, I mean, honestly, I, I think that I'm going to keep an eye on all of them. I mean, obviously, it's my job to keep an eye on all of them. Um, That's true. But, yeah. but I, I think that every single pick that the Reds made has a, a high upside. I mean, you know, you, you mentioned Austin Hendrick. I mean, you know, guy could hit 40 home runs in the future if everything works out well for him. There's not many of those guys. Big upside. You know, then in the second round, they got Christian Rolla. He's a guy, he's a starting pitcher right now. He's got four pitches that are all at least average. Two of them are potential plus pitches. I mean, that's that's a pretty good upside. Uh, you know, their, their second round uh, competitive balance pick, uh, Jackson Miller, you know, he's new to catching, as you mentioned, but, you know, he's very athletic and he can hit for both average and power. Uh, you know, catchers don't do that. The ones that do tend to be all-stars. So, again, high upside. Uh, you know, you go to your, your third rounder, Bryce Bonnet, you know, uh, among uh, qualified starting pitchers, he was the 10th hardest thrower among starting pitchers, uh, according to TrackMan in college baseball. Nice. Uh, you know, high upside. The guy they took in the fourth round, Mac Wainwright, probably the the least known of all the draft picks this year. Um, he he missed most of his junior season uh, with a uh, a stress fracture. Didn't play at all his senior year because of the pandemic that's going on. Uh, but man, I, I I've been hearing some really good things about him. Athletic outfielder, chance he can play in center, big time power potential. <laughs> Again, high upside. And then there's the guy they took in the fifth round, uh, Joe Boyle, reliever from Notre Dame, throws 96 to 99, routinely hits triple digits, topped out at 102, has a plus slider, high upside. Now, Joe Boyle's the one, if we're going to bring up anything or bring up a, a bad side of things for anybody, is the one you want to talk about. He walked 48 batters in 36 innings in college. Okay. That's, that's a big red flag there. Um, but if you talk to scouts, you know, he's got good mechanics. He's got clean mechanics. Um, there's obviously a lot of work to be done in, in the, you know, control department. But the pieces are there that could make it work. And when you've only got five rounds, it makes sense to take a guy who can throw the ball, you know, through a freaking mountain, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, so. and that's that's why I wondered why he fell to the fifth round. But the command, that makes sense. It's something that he's got to work with. Yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully the Reds can kind of uh, – you know, work with him over the next couple. I mean, he's six foot seven. You know, you see a lot of these really tall, lanky guys. Did they come into things a little bit later? Um, it wouldn't be surprising if that happened here. Although it also wouldn't be surprising if he didn't make it out of a ball because he couldn't throw enough strikes. Um, <laughs> but again, I I like what the Reds did with all of their guys because they they really did go for that true upside thing. And you know, I, I'm gonna say it now, and I'm sure I've said it before. I probably said it to you before. You know, the Major League Baseball draft isn't like, you know, the NFL draft or the NBA draft. You know, if you're looking at the 15th overall pick in the Major League Baseball draft, historically, that guy turns out to be a bench player or a solid reliever. 
Like that's that's your expected outcome for a guy taken in the middle of the first round. Uh, so anybody taken after that, you know, if you're if you're looking for you know a guy who's going to be an everyday player and all star, like that's that's kind of an unrealistic expectations. Obviously, you want to get that from somebody you draft, uh, but historically that doesn't happen. Um, and and so you know when you're when you're looking at guys that you know have that upside and they've also kind of got that quote unquote bust factor. If you're taking them outside of the first round, that bust factor doesn't really come into play too much for me, mm-hmm. because odds are they're not going to become a major leaguer anyways. And I, I and I hate to say that because it, it sounds like I'm you know trying to sit here and crush guys' dreams, but just when you look at the numbers over the entire course of the draft's history, that's how it works out. So if if you're asking me, um, take the guys with the upside and hope that one of them works out, because if one of them does work out and you do get a guy who becomes an all-star in the second, third, fourth, or fifth round, you absolutely won. Like there's no question about it. You outperformed your coverage, uh, big time. I think that's one thing too, and and it makes me wonder if they look at these new hires that they've made in the development area with Kyle Bodie and some of those guys, and that's why they took all these upside because I saw different teams getting lauded for picking guys who are already pretty close and, and probably don't need that much development. And then whenever you saw evaluations on Reds players, like you mentioned, high upside, but development needed, they've got some room to grow. Do you think that was a huge factor? Because it seems like that is the common thing with all the picks. They looked at their development department and they were like, you know what, we really like what we got. So now it's time to see, (laughs) basically time for them to nut up or shut up. Does that sound feasible? Like something that they really did? Yeah. I could see where that argument could be made. I, I do think that generally speaking, though, they're just taking the guy that they felt was the best player available. Um, and, it, and it just worked out that these guys were it. Now, obviously, every organization is going to look at something a little bit differently. Um, you know, it, it seems that a lot of these guys that the Reds drafted are kind of, you know, the the, the, the track man, uh, you know, standouts. You know, the pitchers all have something that kind of jumps out at you in the track man data, um, you know. Uh, Mac Wainwright, the fourth round uh, draft pick from uh, Lakewood St. Edward High School, you know, he was at an East Coast Pro Showcase and really jumped off the board with his exit velocity, for example. Uh, his his outfield arm graded out very well, um, you know, uh, according to some of the more advanced data. So I, I think that, you know, there definitely is something there, but at the same time, other teams, kind of, you know, nobody's ignoring that in, that information these days either. Every, every scout, every front office, they're all looking at this same kind of data um, now whether they can, you know, see something in there that maybe another team can't, or they feel that they can see, they see something that they can improve that another team may not necessarily be on to. That's a different story. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for, you know, people like you and me right now, we don't have that kind of information. Then hopefully, you know, a team like the Reds do, and they, they saw something that, you know, hey, if we can do, make this, this small little tweak, this number that's already good, we can make it even better. When someone asks you they they look at the reds organization and they say boy oh boy they've got really no depth at shortstop and yet for these six picks they don't use any of them on a shortstop does that even like raise an antenna for you or is you like yeah whatever they'll probably sign one in the undrafted stage that starts this sunday at 9 a.m but or, or is that even that big of a deal well, I, I think that you you got that part right on they'll sign one on Sunday or Monday um, among the undrafted free agents because especially at shortstop I mean they they really don't have that much depth there. Um, now with that said, 
there's a difference between being a minor league shortstop and being a shortstop prospect. Mm-hmm. Jose Garcia is a shortstop prospect. He's a guy that can play shortstop in the major leagues. He's a guy that could be a potential starter in the major leagues. I think that we all hope that he's going to be more than just a potential starter. But you know, guys that can start at shortstop in the major leagues, they're rare. Um, you know, they're not exactly readily available. Now, you also don't ever want to draft for need because your need today might not be your need in two or three years. Um, and so by the time that guy you draft today is ready in two or three years, or maybe even longer if you're drafting you know, somebody from the high school crop, uh, you may not necessarily, quote-unquote, need them anymore. Uh, so you, you you do tend to just take the best player available, uh, and especially in, in a short draft, you, you're not drafting for need at all. Uh, in the past, when you had 40 rounds, you know, once you got into that, you know, 10th, 15th, 20th round, that's when you start looking around your organization and you start taking guys that can fill needs within your organization at the minor league level. Um, you're not going to do that when you only have five or six picks. Uh, the hope is that, you know, either somebody that you already have can develop and, you know, become that guy or, you know, major league free agency, major league trades, those things exist if you if you can't develop that internally. You're, you're, you don't want to take somebody that isn't the best player available because as we discussed earlier, drafting is hard. You know, you can right. you can take the best player you think is available with, say, pick number 20, and again, the odds are that he's going to be a bench player. So do you really want to lessen your odds by taking somebody that you don't think is as good just because, you know, maybe you need a shortstop, but the best shortstop on your board is ranked 61st instead of taking the guy that you think is ranked 12th? doesn't really make much sense. If you're looking for a part for your car, whether you need it right away or you're just looking to upgrade something, I've got the best place that you can go. It's rockauto.com. They've got all the parts that your car will ever need, and they've got the best prices on them as well. Their interface is super easy to use. You just jump on. On the left side, they've got a list of different car companies that have all the different cars you click on your car company click on your car model find your year your spec and then boom they drop down a whole entire list of all the parts your car will ever need even the ones you didn't realize you could find because you know most of us aren't that car savvy when it comes to working on our cars and so we're trying to find that car part thingy that goes over here and it makes the car go vroom The best way to do that is to go to rockauto.com, and when you're checking out in the how did you hear about us section, type in locked on. That's rockauto.com, and in the how did you hear about us section, type in locked on. Also, for a snack, go to builtbar.com. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I'm serious, guys. This this stuff tastes amazing. They've got great flavors like pineapple upside down cake with a little bit of chocolate mixed in. I've also got chocolate coconut. Between those two, I really can't pick my favorite. Double chocolate mousse is also a very good flavor. They've even got this like energy boost drink powder that it's not like a whole bunch of sugar. It's not going to add calories or anything to your water, but it makes your water taste good, and it's got a whole bunch of vitamins in it as well. A lot of great flavors. Fruit Punch is an amazing flavor for that as well. Go to BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your first order of the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Plus, it is healthy for you as well. Half the calories, seven times less the carbs, and seven times less the sugar of a Cliff Bar. 
That's what we think of when we think of protein bars the most. Now think of Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code Locked On for $10 off your first order today. That's one, that's one reason kind of looking at different people who want to rate teams drafts and and like I saw different people on Twitter like ooh the Tigers won the draft or you know someone someone said oh the Padres did and it's like who knows like none of these guys are going to be in the major leagues anytime soon I mean maybe next year or something I don't know but I, I don't know every single draft prospect but do you do you ever think in your mind you're like boy the Reds won this draft or boy the Reds could have done more to win this draft I mean, not really. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I felt that way in 2017 when somehow Hunter Green wound up being available at the second pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that it was very clear to just about anybody that he was the top guy in the draft, and, well, he was available at number two. So uh, unless it's a rare situation like that, no, I'm not ever really thinking that because, again, we don't really know. I mean, you can look at the history of the draft, and very seldom is the guy that goes number one overall the guy that winds up being anywhere near the best player in the draft. Right. So, and you know, and, that, and that's supposed to be the clear, easy one. You're taking the guy you think is the best player on the planet who's eligible for the draft, and they still usually get it wrong. Like, it's 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 just baseball drafting, scouting. It's it's really freaking hard. It is really hard, and, and that's one thing that I look at too. And you actually mentioned him, and it kind of uh, made me think this. I was talking with somebody the other day that brought up this point, and. Uh, this isn't necessarily about this draft. This is about a feller you just mentioned, Hunter Green. Are we ever going to get to see him in a Reds uniform? I mean, I think so. Um, uh, assuming that there's no, you know, future injury that's going to stop him, I, I don't see why not. You know, before he got hurt, he was on an absolute tear. I, I mean, there's no real reason to think that he can't get back to that guy right now. Um, I mean, well, right now, I don't mean specifically you know, middle of June, 2020. I, I mean, just, you know, in, into the future, there's no reason to believe he can't be, be that guy again. Um, I mean, he's, he's one of the better pitching prospects I've ever seen. I definitely hope so. Cause I, I know when they picked him, I was super excited and there's been few prospects that have been talked about as much since he's been drafted in the Reds organization. And I know that once he gets to the major leagues, that's going to be kind of like a moment. Like, where were you? Do you Did you get to the ballpark or were you watching the game on TV or were you listening on the radio for the first game of Hunter Green in the major leagues? And I just think, you know, I'm really looking forward to that day. I'm also really looking forward to the day that we even get baseball back, but that's a whole nother podcast. I, I did have uh, one one last question for you uh, about the draft. I appreciate your time, man. I know uh, you still got some more stuff that you're going to be doing here soon with RedsMyLeagues.com and doing all the typing and all that. But uh, <laughs> one last question for you. Uh, Austin Hendrick was compared to Mike Trout during the TV coverage in the draft. That That's cool, huh? I mean, it's cool, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be pretty honest with you right now. I think that almost every single comp that you see on the draft day coverage for Major League Baseball is just ridiculous and unfair to the players, um, both at the Major League level and the guys that are getting drafted. I mean, you know, the comparison that they showed on uh, MLB Network was, you know, th- this is his, you know, launch angle and this is his average exit velocity. And to compare that to Mike Trout. Well, yeah, Mike Trout's doing that with a wooden bat against Major League pitchers. Uh, Austin Hendrick who I think is going to be 
you know, an outstanding prospect. I, I'm very happy that he wound up with the Reds. Uh, he was doing that against high school pitchers with an aluminum bat. Like, there's a very big difference <laughs> in, in those two situations. Not to mention the fact that Mike Trout did it over, you know, 500-something balls in play, and you know, Austin Hendrick probably that data is probably over like 15 balls in play. Like, it, it's not it's not even remotely compl- like close to being a comparable stat. Like, it's just. It's something to put up on the TV screen and make people go, ooh, that's cool, but it means nothing. <laughs> the Reds have Mike Trout 2.0. That's what you're hearing here first, folks. No, I'm kidding. We're not saying <laughs> hey, that. We're not saying that at all. But, I mean, we. But let, let's hope, <laughs> Jeff, that we can say that in about 10 years. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, let's, let's hope that we can have that conversation. I would be very happy if we are having that conversation. And, and we're just we're having fun, but we're looking forward to seeing. I know I'm personally looking forward to seeing these guys develop. I. I had some people ask me about, like, are we going to see Austin Hendrick and Dayton for any more than, like, 20 seconds, or is he going to get rushed through the farm system? I'm like, he's a high school. I I think he'll be in Dayton for a good amount of time, and we'll be able to enjoy him in a Dragons uniform before he moves on to the next level and things like that. So I'm hoping that's the case because I'm looking forward to seeing him in a Dragons uniform one day. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's look at how things have worked out historically in the Reds organization. Who was the last high school player that didn't spend a full year in Dayton? At least in their, their first full season. I don't remember. I was going to say, it, I can't it, think it of hasn't, anyone. It hasn't happened in over a decade, to my, to my recollection. Like the, the Reds keep their guys there for a whole year, no matter how good they are. I mean, Jay Bruce went through the Midwest League. Uh, you know, If you're going to look up his numbers overall, um, you're, you're missing a little bit of context there. He had a shoulder injury, uh, I think I think it was the second or third game into August, and he hit like a buck 85, and it just tanked his numbers overall. I mean, he still had a really good season that year. But like he went into August hitting over 300, slugging over 500, you know, one of the best prospects in baseball. He had like 40-something doubles, 15 home runs. I mean, just destroyed the league. Reds kept him there all year. Like, <laughs> he, was, he was 19 years old. He was the number one draft pick, you know, one of their top prospects. He was absolutely just beating up on the league, clearly was better than the league didn't matter i mean that's just what the reds do and it's what a lot of teams do uh they they want you to you know be in that environment understand the day-to-day grind um you know learn how to live away from you know your parents you know live on your own or with a you know with roommates or whatever it is but just being away from there's a lot of life lessons along with the baseball lessons that you're learning that a lot of these guys are getting for the first time that are coming out of high school you know college guys they've been on you know their campus it's been, it's, it, they've understood at least a little bit of how this lifestyle works um you know there, there's a lot more of that not going on for guys that are coming out of high school and it, it's it's something that a lot of organizations put real value in and keeping these guys in you know low a ball that first full season uh, after the draft so uh, unless we don't get minor league baseball again next year uh, i think that it's it's highly likely that austin hendrick's going to be in dayton all year and I think, too, with this new uh, developmental hierarchy that the Reds have, they haven't really I – mean, this was really going to be their first year of implementing that. So there's kind of – I don't know that they're at, they're rewriting the book on this whole thing, but at the same token, a new era in player development is yet to begin. It's going to begin next season, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do with all that. Doug, I thank you so much for your time. I know that there are – any number of draft profile, well, you know, at least one per draftee on RedsMinorLeagues.com. If if there is a better source for Reds Minor Leagues content, I really don't know where that is. And if you don't go to RedsMinorLeagues.com already, I also don't know what you're reading. 
because that's awesome. Anyway, Doug, <laughs> thank you so much for being on, and we'll have you. We'll talk to you again soon. Well, thanks for having me, Jeff. I appreciate your time. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.